Nation 312. On today's episode, we got NBA Conference Final Talk. The Blues finally made it to a Stanley Cup. Damian Lillard's injury, Kawhi and the Bucks. The Cubs survived thanks to an injured bias, plus an all-new starting five ways to get over a tough loss, followed by a little Game of Thrones talk to round out the episode. Before we even get started, Matt, we're going to let you get it all out of your system right now. We're going to put 60 seconds on the clock. The Blues, they made it to a Stanley Cup. What are your thoughts? It's about freaking time, dude. And all of this was a very exciting day. I was supposed to go to a Cardinals game tonight, and uh, it got postponed. And so that leaves all my attention to go toward the Blues. And... It, this was all because like it was postponed because there was a tornado like storm like a squall line coming into St. Louis and right at puck drop the sirens were going off and everything so yeah let's go blues play Gloria looking forward to the finals so how how concerned before we move away from this how concerned are you with the Boston Bruins I'm just going to say it's it's going to be a good it's going it's going to be a good series According to NBC Sports, uh, the teams are like comparable, so it's gonna be a uh, it's gonna be a close one. Looking forward to it. Boston's a wagon. Boston is a fucking wagon. They're gonna roll over, and it's gonna be the Celtics that choked in terms of that sports. And stuff. the and the Blues are gonna say the Blues are gonna say hello to their buddy David Backus. So a uh, little homecoming for that guy. So we have an all-new starting five towards the end of the show of ways to get over a tough loss, and I'm ready to hear your starting five for when you guys get this close and then get knocked down in the finals. All right. Do I need to bring up 2003 for your cubbies or not? Hey, I got a ring. I'm okay. Where's, how's your football team? Yeah, shut up, man. Shut up. The Blackhawks got three. Um, uh, they're trying to uh, get MLS to bring it through, uh, if you're talking about that kind of football. No. No. <laughs> No. We're talking All right, about Andrew, Philly. start the show. Let's go. American football. Opposite of real American football, we'll move into the NBA playoffs. Let's start with the Warriors because I think there's a lot to unpack with this uh, end of this series. So uh, before we get into anything, you know, we are a Chicago sports podcast and we're starting off on the West Coast. So I want to give a little shout out to Alfonso McKinney who Chicago kid comes from Cary high school, played a little bit at Marshall. I think it was too. uh, you know, walked on, I think it was, or it played at, you know, D one, double a UW green Bay fought his way up, tried out in the G league, was able to get on there. They had an awesome story on the broadcast last night and, you know, he was out there grinding, playing some real playoff minutes. So good for, uh, good for Alfonso. And we just wanted to give him a little bit of shout out, but let's talk about the golden state win. Quentin, they win without Boogie, without KD, and without one of what at least I believe is to be one of the most underrated players in this whole scheme that Golden State has in Andre Iguodala. What do you think? Should the NBA be scared of the Warriors again next year? Next year? No. I'm assuming no, that I'm, sc- I'm scared of them. I'm scared of them now, but not next year. No. You don't think with KD leaving and the way they're playing right now, though? I think that's what I was kind of getting at. That people have kind of been doubting or sleeping on what the Warriors post KD will look like. But you know, I think we've been lulled to sleep a little bit. What do you think about uh, does the NBA need to be scared though with the way that these guys are coming out and playing? People forget the 2015 Warriors had no KD. 
They had no boogie. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's and, what who, I'm saying. and who was the NBA Finals MVP? It was Iggy. So I don't think Iggy's really underrated in the sense of he's just getting up there with the age and you just got to worry about his health now more than, you know, his uh, maintenance and, you know, his uh, performance each and every night. But, but, but when, I, I, when I say underrated is I'm talking about when you think of the Golden State Warriors and you think of their dudes, you don't think of Andre Iguodala in that. And if you do, he's fifth, sixth on that list. I mean, you're considering Boogie probably before you think of Iggy if you just ask some random person off the street that follows the NBA. Right, but once Boogie and KD leave, Iggy's going to float right back into that sixth-man spot, maybe even start. We don't know. Yeah, but I, I was just making the point that he was underrated before, but r- regardless, regardless, we're assuming KD is gone, but I got to talk about Draymond Green a little bit, and I wanted to bring this up. You know, Draymond's a dog, man. Triple-double last night, 18-14 rebounds, 11 assists, absolute spark plug out there. He gets a crazy look in his eye. I was texting you during the game, and I saw this look on his face, and I just said, the, the Warriors are going to win. It was about eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. I was like, this this game's over. Like, the Warriors were about down, I think, five or seven at that time, and they were just... I, I knew they were going to make a push. Like you could tell that they had complete confidence in themselves to pull through. And I think Draymond's the real cause of that. I don't know what you think. Yeah. Draymond's performance last night was incredible. Uh, I believe it was the first time in a very long time that two players on the same team had a triple double in the Western conference finals. I think it was Steph and Draymond, but the big thing nobody's talking about is, Where's where's the kick to the balls, man? I haven't seen that all playoffs. I haven't seen any kicks to the groin from Draymond. Nah, nah, man. Dray- I, I think he's over that. I think he's over that phase of his career. I think he's moving forward and he's going to go appropriate. You know, you go for the stomach or maybe a kidney, not the balls. But, I mean, in all seriousness, you know, I think it's pretty cool, though, right? We're seeing Draymond was a 30-point-a-game guy-ish in the playoffs a couple of years ago before KD got there. He steps down willingly. You know, you hear about all of his antics and whining in the media. Doesn't say a word about complaining or complain about moving down in the order in the uh, shooting, pecking orders, a scoring option uh, with KD getting there. And KD goes down, and without any hesitation, Draymond Green just steps in and, and starts putting up big numbers again. I think that speaks a lot to A, what kind of teammate he is, and B, what kind of player he is and the talent he is, and we might have been sleeping on him for a little bit. Well, us as Chicago's as Chicago Bulls fans, are, we're definitely not sleeping on him because his playing performance right now is a kick to a balls, kick to the balls for our Chicago Bulls because Tom Thibodeau actually wanted to draft him to Chicago, but Gar and Peck said, nah, you got to go out there and uh, get Tony Snell or I forget who it was that we drafted over Draymond Green. But he could have been a bull. But yeah, I get what you're saying here. He had a huge performance last night, and I think he's just going to continually rise his level of play once KD leaves, and he's going to be that every year all-star to that all-star team. So the Bulls took Marquise Teague the year that Draymond was taken in the second round by the Warriors. And it was actually five picks before the Bulls picked, or five picks after the Bulls picked, that the Warriors took him to. So Marquise Teague was the player you were looking for. But yeah, I think Draymond steps in. I think he'll go back to his role. 
Um, I, I think we're going to see a big year again from the Warriors. Uh, probably push again. I mean, dude, they've gone to four or five straight championships. Will we ever see anything like that? In yeah. our time? Probably not. Like, I mean, it, what, it was in the mid-50s? Like, maybe we see another team a long time down the line. I mean, this is this is something crazy. This is like fucking Haley's Comet of Sports right here, what we're seeing. Well, you have to remember, this is the second time that we've seen this in our lifetime because LeBron made it to eight straight NBA Finals. I mean, I guess that's a player, though, not a team, right? Like, if you're looking at, like, a, a dynasty, you think about a team, not a player. But, yes, the LeBron dynasty itself carried between Cleveland, Miami, and then again back to Cleveland. Yeah, th- those eight were, were insane. That's that's crazy individual accomplishment for sure. But to answer your question, no, I don't think we will ever see something like this again. And to be honest, I don't want to see something like this ever again because it, from years. my own perspective, it tears me away from watching the NBA because I know who's going to win. It's not fun to me to sit there and watch Golden State win every single year. Like I get it. It's a big achievement for them and it's something that not a lot of people get to see is continuous, continuously uh, winners keep on winning like Alabama who's in the finals every single year and stuff like that. It's like it's not fun to watch. I, I like rooting for these underdog teams or these teams that have just what it takes to win a championship. But when they get matched up against the super team, you you know the super team's going to win. See, the ratings say otherwise, though. But that's beside the point. But five years, man. Five years. That's crazy. Think about it. If you turned 21 this year, you were 15 the first time the Warriors made the playoffs. You were 14 the last time that the Warriors weren't in the NBA Finals. That's fucking wild. So is there any possibility that we see an Eastern Conference team, specifically the Raptors or the Bucks, actually have a chance to stop them next round? Maybe one game. You th- Oh, you think it's going to be a five-gamer? You think it's going to be that quick? Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty quick. All right. Well, I think that answers that. <laughs> Moving on to the other side of it, let's look at the Portland Trailblazers. They've now been swept out of the playoffs for, I think, uh, they dropped the stat the other day. I think it's three or four consecutive years. Is this an underrated story that no one kind of talks about Portland choking to some degree in the playoffs? Like, we always harp on the Raptors being just awful in early rounds of the playoffs. But, I mean, Portland hasn't shown anything else. I mean, do you think that it's kind of they deserve kind of some sort of blame after this year? No, I don't think they deserve blame. I just don't think they have enough on that roster to get it to the next step, and they haven't had enough on that roster for the past couple of years. They've been swept out of the playoffs. I think that, you know, you have Damian, who they're about to sign for this record super max contract extension is what I hear. And then you got C.J. McCollum, who, don't get me wrong, he's a good player, but he's not a superstar player, okay? Besides Damian on that roster, you got one superstar on that team. You have C.J. McCollum, who's borderline all-star at points. And then you have Nurkic, who is just a solid player. He's not an all-star. He's not a superstar. He's not a bad player. He's just a solid guy. See, I'm going to come at this from another direction. And I know I was riding the Blazers bandwagon all playoffs, but watching this last series, I'm going to say something. I think McCollum's a good number two. I think Nurkic looks like a good number three, potentially a good number two. 
I think Damian Lillard's just not number one. I think he can drain good shots. I don't think he's a number one on a championship team. And I know that's cr- a crazy 180. But to some degree, when I look at it and I look at needing to make plays, needing to hit shots, and what he did in this Warrior series, I don't see a number one right now. Well, he has also played the entire series, well, since game two with a separated rib. Uh, we're going to get to that. I have a conspiracy behind that. I don't think it's true. I do want to note, though, that in game four, in the final seconds, trying to get a Golden State lead, Steph Curry tried to do that double step back like James Harden, and he got called for it, and he looked so surprised when he got called for it. I mean, there was a whole bunch of stuff going on in the last sort of um, uh, crunch time of the game. And I thought the refs, there were some iffy calls in Portland's direction towards the end, like a lot of them like that. uh, The the last review that they almost they were trying in every way, shape or form. No, they did give it to the Clay Thompson one. Yes, that he didn't. No one touched that ball. No one touched that ball at the end there. That was that was a, there was a call from New York that came in and said, hey, like, give them give them three point three, give them about three seconds and the ball back and see if they can make this a game. I don't know. Myers Leonard drops 30, but can't box out Kevon Looney in crunch time. That was one of my notes was he goes out there and shoots, but then just got bodied in about the last uh, three minutes of the game. And uh, all of overtime, Kevon Looney is just getting boards at will. Do you think the series is different if Nurk is playing? Because I noticed just the Blazers look depleted, though, in the front court. Like, they had nobody. No chance. I don't th- Maybe they win one game if Nurkic is playing, but no chance. I still say the Warriors win this series with ease. All right. All right. I'll take that. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to dispute that. Before we let Portland go, because they're just heading into NBA Bolivian now for a little bit, I got to complain about their stadium because they have those weird strobe lights and I was trying to figure it out. Like I couldn't tell if it was the fans like with their uh, phones, just turning flashlights on and off. It's not. It's just it seems like it's the seats because they're way too in sync and there's too many of them. And it fucking I feel like I'm going to get like epilepsy or something like from watching the game. Like I see any commercial break, it comes back and there's just lights like shining. I don't know, man. UFOs or something. It's just Pacific Northwest, man. Yeah, I, I, I saw it, too. I thought it was, you know, the crowd taking simultaneously the same yes. picture yes. over and over again i was like what the fuck's going on i was like did somebody push a button or is there a sign saying pull out your phones and turn your flashlights on i don't i didn't know maybe that was their new thing that they were trying out to try and distract people you know instead of the uh, tubes that you clink together when somebody's hitting a free throw they're all like everybody pull out your phones and shine your lights i don't know but i didn't like that either like the woo zayla from uh, the World Cup, like I think it was, was it eight years ago, where the fucking big ass horn, love it. Let's just give people those at NBA games. Yeah, let's move to the from the West Coast over to the East Coast. We'll look at the Milwaukee versus Kawhi series. Kawhi ties it up tonight, two to two. Quentin, thoughts? What, what, what are you thinking? I think we have a game seven. To be honest with you, I think that. Kawhi has activated Terminator mode and he's put the claw in his back pocket and he's just gone straight out Arnold Schwarzenegger here 
and he's coming back to life. He's thinking back about what Greg Popovich was always saying in San Antonio, and he's bringing some of it to Toronto. And I think that's being fueled a little bit by uh, Drake courtside. I think Drake is in Giannis's head. Yeah, I mean, Giannis showed up for what twelve? He he had twelve in game three. I don't know what he had tonight. I don't have the stats pulled up next to me. But, you know, I think this is, I, I can agree with you. It, we could be heading towards game seven. I think six. I think Milwaukee is going to steal one uh, the next time they go back to Toronto. But if if not, it's going to be all home teams, all series. But Toronto or Milwaukee, I'm sorry, has home court. So they'll win him seven. Giannis had 25 points tonight and 10 rebounds. He was nine for 17. I mean, that's that's good, then. That's efficient. I mean, I think it's the guys around him, right? Chris Middleton tonight had 30 points. Giannis had 25. But what really got it done was Kyle Lowry, who I said was probably going to be the dark horse of the series, dropped a quiet 25 tonight, going 6 for 11 from the, uh, from the field goal percentage. He hit three of seven three-pointers. And Kawhi Leonard only had 19 points. So really, it was the Kyle Lowry game tonight is what got the job done. That's really funny because, I don't know, Kyle Lowry is... face assassin is what they call him. He's just like slightly unnoticeable out there. Like he he scores, he'll drop 20 and I just, I I don't know, I just don't notice it. I'm like, oh, that's right. Like you see him in the box score and you're like, oh, yeah, Kyle Lowry did have a good game. Guess I never saw that happen. But yeah, I mean... I don't know. I think Milwaukee goes back home. I think they're going to win the next one, and then we'll see what happens in Toronto in Game Six. I think that's the biggest thing. Do you think it's time to panic yet for Milwaukee, though? If you're a fan, a little bit, yes, because I think Giannis and the team were a little over cocky going into the series and thought it was going to be an e- easy series, and then when they realized that. Oh shit, Kawhi Leonard's in the East. He's not in the West anymore. We totally forgot about this dude. He hits game winners and sends Philly fans crying. So they got to be on the lookout and they got to do something about Kawhi Leonard because if he's not scoring, he's making plays to get his teammates open. And he proved that tonight by allowing Kyle Lowry to have a babyface assassin game like he did tonight. Yeah, I mean, I think you notice, uh, like, Kawhi gets the ball and two to three Milwaukee defenders just start flocking towards him. And he just took that tonight. And I think he just used it and said, okay, fine. I'm just going to find the open man and hit them and let them score and do some with it. And as long as his side pieces can continue to do that for him, that's all that matters because, you know, earlier, I, I don't know, man, all I'm going to say is late in that Philly series, we saw scared starters on that Toronto team. They were just giving Kawhi the ball and saying, please go score because we're too afraid to shoot. And on the other hand, I look at this and we're seeing Zach Collins and Emmett Turner taking over and, you know, overtime shooting shots for Portland the other night. Uh, I, I don't know. I think it's good. I wouldn't panic if I'm a Milwaukee fan unless Toronto takes a game in Milwaukee. I think as long as Toronto doesn't win a game on the road, you can still feel confident that the Bucs will pull this out. And as of now, they haven't shown that they're capable of doing that. And the Bucks were almost capable in game three, but it took two overtimes for Toronto to hold them off. So you asked me, and I'm going to ask you now, whoever comes out of this series, do you see any scenario of either team dethroning the Golden State Warriors? Especially if Kevin Durant comes back. 
I was going to say it's it's completely dependent on KD's injury actually being serious and Iggy for whatever reason not being able to recover in what looks like is going to be a long time because that game's or the Raptors Bucksers is going to go 7. So no. Not unless Giannis just decides to show that he is right in the same tier as Kevin Durant as the best player in the NBA right now. Let's do a little general NBA talk because there are some interesting things. But really, what I want to talk about right now, I said last week that the NBA draft lottery is broken, in my opinion. It is my belief that I, if I'm going to criticize something to that magnitude, I'm going to come up with a solution. So it's time to play Drew Fixes the NBA Draft Lottery on Section 312. I have a new draft lottery proposal that I'm going to throw out there and I want to hear you guys' thoughts on. If you're in the worst five records in the NBA, okay, this is how it goes. The only teams that can receive the number one picks are the worst five records in the NBA. So number one pick can only go to the one of the worst five teams and all five teams in the bottom five records retain a pick within two spots of their respective position that they should, by record, be drafting in. Picks 6 through 14 can have anywhere within three spots of their respective positions and each have a small probability decreasing from 6 to 14 of attaining the fifth overall pick, and that's it. So that way, you get this combination of if you can work the odds right for the bottom five teams, Yes, you have to tank, but you have to tank in the bottom five and you still at that point don't have a very, you would have a roughly equal chance of getting the number one pick. So you doesn't the current, doesn't the current, like, uh, doesn't the current NBA lottery, isn't that set up? So where it discourages tanking, like you have to like try your best, right? Like, right. But that's 1 through 14, and as we got shown from this past lottery, you could be the Lakers and supposed to have the 14th pick and end up with the 4th pick. I think it was 8th, but yeah. I mean, and don't get me wrong, the lottery this year, this is slightly out of bias and spite as a Bulls fan, but I think there needs to be some fixing where if you do have a certain poor record, like there's a certain threshold you are assured to be within a certain range of picks. We don't see it happen, but it is very possible. Like when the Bulls got D-Rose, they jumped a ton of spaces to get D-Rose. We had a 1% chance that year to get Derrick Rose. I think if you keep the top five records in, then you know that you can give a bad team and you're going to assure a bad team a good player to rebound with. I don't know. I, I think the approach that I'm trying to get at is to not make it so tanking assures you a superstar but being a bad nba team doesn't potentially punish you when you are actually trying to rebuild a roster but it's just not happening so a good balance of tanking versus like avoiding tanking i don't know that's just me but that was we fixed the nba draft lottery hosted by drew yeah, I think we should put that in a letter written in like green crayon from like a four year old and send it to like Adam Silver. And then he, he might read it. We might be on Sports Center. And then we'll get credit. And they'll put in their shout out section 312. In Comic Sans. <laughs> <laughs> Times New Roman. <laughs> 
Times New Roman is too formal, though. They would love that. <laughs> Strictly Comic Sans. I'm telling you, it's got to be Green Crayon. Like, yeah, I am. Well. I'll pick you up some stencils for Comic Sans script, and you can copy it or copy on the, the uh, whatever tracer things that they teach three year olds how to write with. Incre- no three year old's going to come up with that to send to the commissioner, though. Well, Quentin is a three-year-old in his head, so we can send it. Quentin can send it. Yeah, guys, I got it. All right. <laughs> MLB. <laughs> so we had a little bit of interesting um, general MLB news. <laughs> Cespedes breaks his ankle at his ranch in multiple places and like I'm very confused by this story so Quentin maybe you could shed some light on this for me I I wish I could I have no idea what he was doing nobody knows what, what he was doing um, from my perspective is he was hanging out with John Wall and Brandon Morrow and Brandon Morrow was trying to show him how to properly put on a pair of pants and John Wall was telling him how not to fall down the stairs. And I guess Cespedes tried to put on the pants and walk down the stairs at the same time and fractures his ankle. So I don't know what's going on. I'm going to let you finish. Okay, you, you you done. You done. Okay. I was just going to ask, do, do you mean Blake Snell instead of Brandon Morrow? No. No. I mean Brandon Morrow. Well, Blake Snell can be a part of that crew too. So, because he broke his toe with the mirror in the bathroom, uh, what two months ago? So they could—they were all hanging out. They were all riding ATVs. Johannes uh, took him out there. He has a sick ranch. He was trying to show off, and uh, you know, you—you you just bust your ankle. It happens. I got a question for you. Why does why does Suspidus have a ranch? I—I I never thought him to be a ranch guy. I—I I don't know, man. He was rounding up his cattle. I could see, dude. I could see Cespedes with like a horse and like maybe like a game farm, but like he doesn't actually like shoot the game. He he actually just wants to pretend to be a cowboy. Like poor people buy Red Dead Redemption, rich people just buy a fucking ranch with a horse and then just go and try to lasso a bunch of cattle in real life. Quentin's trying to chime in here, but but he just has the um, he has a he he has the horses in the back though. <laughs> Got the horses in the back. But yeah, Cespedes breaks his ankle and he's owed tw- like $21 million. I got a question for you. Is he the next Bobby Pernilla? No, because Bobby Pernilla was a genius and no one will ever be able to pull that off again because everyone's seeing how bad it was. But I mean, I think, it, it, okay, I'm going to get logical here because we have been stupid as shit for the past like two minutes. In all seriousness, though, if he does, they do find that he fucked this up doing something that wasn't just like a complete accident he loses all that money like there's like clauses in the contract so like hopefully for Cespedes' wallet's sake this was a legitimate accident um but we'd have to reach out for to blake snell and john wall for uh for comment so quentin give me give me a cubs update what's the rundown i saw that they were hot i see that they've been doing well but you've been telling me that uh that 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 heat might be uh might be running out here yeah, uh, the Cubs, they were really hot, and they're slowing down a little bit. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10. We lost two out of three to the Reds, which should never happen. I understand that the Reds are a good team, but 
you still, you should not lose to the Reds at all. Uh, we blow a game against the Phillies last night on Monday. We were recording this on Tuesday night like we always do. We lose last night in 10 innings on a controversial McCutcheon check swing that, you know, I think, I, I, I personally thought it was a check swing. I've seen the video now a couple times. I've had a couple arguments with people over Twitter that beg to differ and say, no, he went and the game should have been over, but... The call was made. The call's the call. Joe Madden has been reiterating again how he wants technology to take over the game to make those last calls. He doesn't like somebody calling the ball in the strike in crucial game moments like that. But I have never seen a crowd give a standing ovation to a former Cub like the Cubs fans gave Philly uh, the Phillies Jake Arrieta last night. Yeah. It's huge standing ovation. I mean, he deserved it, though. Dude was a fan favorite for a long time. He brought, like, a lot of energy to a franchise that had been down for a long time, too. Like, he was a, he, he was a huge part of all of their success early on. Oh, yeah. I'm not, you know, discrediting him. I'm not saying he shouldn't. No, no, no. Uh, I wasn't saying you were. I'm just saying it's the biggest that I have ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, like I said, I wasn't saying you were. I was I was just kind of adding to what you were saying that I mean there there is a lore of Jake Arrieta even just in Chicago period you know even White Sox fans know of how much the Cubs fans loved and appreciated him and how sad they were to see him go. So last night it was Jake Arrieta on the mound versus you Darvish and Jake got into a couple bases loaded jams and he only gave up one run and got out of it uh, a couple times and Darvish looked good through five. He had like six strikeouts. Everyone was chanting you. We're, you know, the Cubs fans, us as Cubs, we want to cheer for you, Darvish. We really do. But the guy, he can't get it done. He has never won in his career at Wrigley Field. No matter what team he's played for at Wrigley Field, he is unwinnable. He cannot get the job done. And I don't know why. You know my stance on you, Darvish, man. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, how much does it hurt, though, watching the guy that your your old your old girlfriend that you gave up that's doing real well right now come and show up and, and she's looking good and you got your new girlfriend out there and you're kind of trying to, like, see what's going on. And then your fucking ex who's a smoke show now just comes out there and plants your girl. OK, let, let, let me let me put it this way. Jake Arrieta is the girl that you should have married and you Darvish is the girl that you want to marry. But when she speaks, you got to walk the other way. She's the girl that you can't let go of though. If you're a Cubs fan, it's the girl you can't take home to mom. You can tell mom about her, but you can't take her home to mom. Well, she's got a dirty fucking slider regardless of how good she's pitching or not. So the Cubs tonight, Game two against the Phillies. It's another cold one out here in Chicago. I believe it's in the upper 40s. It's pretty windy and cold here in the Windy City. And the Cubs are down. Can, can I tell you something to make you feel mad? Go ahead. It's been the 90s here the past couple of days. Ah, That's too hot, man. I like 70 degrees and breezy and partly cloudy. Eh, yeah, well, whatever. Get to it. So the Cubs playing the Phillies in game two tonight. And some late game heroics from the injured Javi Baez. 
He's injured. He's badly injured, too. He's missed the past. He hasn't started the past two games. He's supposed to have an MRI later this week. And Joe Madden throws him out there to get the game winning. Only the second time in his career he's had a game winning walk off hit. Game winning walk off hit to to seal the deal four to three over the Phillies in game two. He, he rolled his ankle, right? They think it's like an ankle sprain or something. I was watching it live. I couldn't tell if it was near ankle. Yeah, it was his ankle on a uh, – he fielded a ground ball, and he made a great throw to first. The slow, and, yeah, slow roller. Right, but we don't know if there's any ligament damage. We don't know the severity of the injury, so that's why he's going for an MRI. But it was very surprising to see him go out there. I like it. I, I like the heart. I wonder if whose, whose choice it was. If it was Joe Madden's decision, be like, hey, Javi, we really need you here, or if I was like, give me the fucking bat. I'm going out there and winning you this goddamn ball game. I feel like you got kind of a neutral thing. I'm, I'm going to take the middle of the road. I think you get a little bit of, you know, may, maybe Joe asked Javi, hey, are you good enough to go up there and hit? If you get on, we're just going to pinch run for you. And he said, yeah, I can go up and, and get a couple swings. So, I mean, I, I think if that's the case, then, you know, it's, it's cool to send him out there. So before we get away from the north side and move down to the south side, the Cubs are still barely hanging on to a first place lead over the Brewers, who the Brewers are four and six in their last ten. And the Cubs have two games. They're two games up on Milwaukee. Tomorrow we have Cole Hamels on the mound and then John Lester to wrap it up. I'm expecting two two W's from your ace and your number two guy. So we'll see what happens. And you know it could, it could always be worse. We could be Sox. We could be the White Sox. So You know, look, I, I look at this right. The White Sox are rebuilding, and I just keep trying to tell myself that it's okay because this is a long rebuild, a little bit longer than teams like the Braves have had, which is kind of frustrating, and the Astros, same way. But I'm, I'm trying to keep positive. But the playoff chances are down to 0.3%. We're just going to hit that straight out of the gate. A minus 40 run differential, guys, that's that's not pretty. Minus 54 at home is, is even uglier. That's no good. The Is it guaranteed rate, Quentin? Do you think it's because of guaranteed rate instead of the sell being there? Yeah, it's guaranteed rate of losses. And you guys just, you can't win. You can't win. You're getting spanked against the Astros. You lost 3 nothing, which isn't getting spanked, but you didn't look good. And but, you know, I want to believe I'm being a Cubs fan. I want to believe in the White Sox. I really want to believe in the White Sox because I do think in three years they will be contenders again. I think you just have a lot of young guys who just need to gather more experience. And I think it's the the main issue is your pitching. Your stop pitching wins ball games. Everybody knows this. You got to get some good starters and there's key guys that are still out there. It's not like the White Sox don't have money to go out and get Keuchel or to go out and get Kimbrel, but, but I mean, I mean the starting pitching has been somewhat decent lately. I think it's been the hitting that's been a little bit down. I mean, Ronaldo Lopez has been looking solid the last two starts, two and runs, 15 plus innings pitch. Giolito's three and oh in his last three, 20 strikeouts with and two and runs allowed over all of those. But if you have a healthy Carlos Rodon and a Michael Kopech, I think it's no, you know, competition. I think the White Sox compete for that division title. I think the White Sox are also just running into a little bit of bad luck in terms of like, you know, you got defense, offense, pitching. And I feel like one of those is always on. And then another important one is out of whack. And, and it just hasn't synced up yet for them yet. I think they'll go on a couple of good runs. I think, again, it's 500 team. 
but I'm just kind of looking at, you know, the young guys, right? And the one thing I will say is, thank God Tim Anderson is good. I mean, he's a player that keeps you through these rough times because he's exciting. Eloy's another one, and he's back, but been struggling a little bit. But even so, I mean, at least having some players on your team, like you know, you know, when you dealt with the Cubs rebuild, it's, it's you know, you, you need something to provide some light, and at least the White Sox have that. I have one question for you. Yeah. How how do you think the White Sox are going to address at the end of the season letting Jose Abreu walk? I think that's a good question. I mean, I don't see it being like, you know. You're going to miss that big bat in your lineup. Oh, 100%. I think you're relying on some of the younger guys to pick it up, and then, you know, maybe you fill it with a efficient free agent signing, not a big name free agent signing, but an efficient one. You know, someone that can not return 100 RBIs a year, but, you know, with Eloy and Tim Anderson's growth continuing, along with Yohan Makata continuing to mash and develop, you you can fill that with a free agent bat that's not going to be super cost uh, costly. You hey, know. it could be worse. You know, you could be paying a guy $12 million to go argue with his wife about their divorce. So, and oh, you know, I've heard, I, I talked to a couple sources who uh, know some people out in uh, Eureka where Ben Zobris is from. And they say that they heard that his wife left him for another woman. Well, that is an interesting development. Okay, Ben, obviously bringing I'm the- all for it. I'm all for it. Yeah, no, no, no. We don't discriminate, but Ben was obviously bringing the bad D into that relationship. So, you know, go go get your uh, Mrs. Obris. Yeah, and I'm tired of listening to her sing the fucking national anthem at Wrigley anyway. But that's that's all we got for the MLB. You know what? Before oh. we get away from the MLB talk, I got, I got a bone to pick with the Cubs one more time. I am so mad that we gave up Gliber Torres to the Yankees because that kid is on a fucking tear. He's hit eight home runs in his last like nine games. Like that, that was, that was your oldest trade, I'm pretty sure. I, I was just going to say that I need to uh, do a redaction from last week's episode that has just come to my attention. Um, I mentioned very, very erroneously and wrong that Zion Williamson could not go back to Duke, and that has been uh, completely proven to be incorrect. Zion Williamson has not hired an agent, which is the determining mark as to whether or not you become ineligible for college. So Zion can go back to Duke, and Quentin very nicely pointed out that I was wrong the second that story came out. So that's redacted from that entire argument that I was bringing up. Dude, I, I really hope... I mean, I bet Zion is on the phone, and they're like, hey, you better trade me to somebody that I can actually do something with or i'm going to go back to duke and you know if i'm the pelicans i don't fall for the bluff i think you let zion go back to duke and i think if you're the pelicans you go out and you take a john moran do you think they went to coach k and they're like pay me double what they were going to pay him and coach k is probably trying to work out the funds right now Oh, I bet. But here's here's the real kicker. If you're Zion, if you go back to Duke and you tear an ACL, I think even if he does tear an ACL, he's going to be the number one pick. I don't think it matters. 
We'll see what happens. I hope he, you know, gives the Pelicans the finger and goes back to college. Fair enough. Okay. I kind of hope he stays in the draft because I want the Grizzlies to have Ja. No, you want the Grizzlies to have R.J. Barrett. Come on. Ooh, that's actually a really good point, though. Memphis does get absolutely fucked if Anthony or if uh they don't need. Listen, Matt, you being a Grizzlies fan, I respect it. But you're paying so much fucking money to Mike Conley right now. Why don't you go fill another void in that roster instead of just taking another point guard? I get it, getting a point guard for the future, but you're already paying this guy up the fucking ass. Go get fucking R.J. Barrett, somebody that can contribute with Mike Conley, and you can try and make a seventh or an eighth seed in the Western playoffs. Thanks, that's harsh. So... That MLB talk was sponsored in part by Swazzle Paintings. Swazzle Paintings has been painting the Chicagoland area for the past 20 to 25 years. They do interior, exterior, decks, cabinets, removing wallpaper, free estimates. Give Raul Swazzle a call, 630-272-2096, or email him at swazopainting at iCloud.com. So we have no interview this week. Um, I was very occupied and busy getting drunk by the pool because it's 80 degrees here and not 40 degrees like it is in Chicago. I gotta be honest. I, uh, I I was wearing my hat out there and one of the problems with having a bald head is when you wear a hat and you're out in the sun for a little bit, you get this nice little tan line and when you have an opening in your hat like I do right now, you got a nice little tan spot that pops up. So I got, I got a little bit of a line. But uh, it, it's okay. You know, we, we persevere on the Section 312 podcast through bad tan lines and uh, lack of interviews. It's okay, though, because everybody that follows the uh, Facebook page and the Twitter page and the Instagram page should know we have some interviews lined up down the weeks here. And we have a living legend who says he will come on to the podcast either next week or later in the summer when he gets back from vacation. He has been working with the Salukis for 40 years. 40 years this man is a living legend. He is the Saluki. That's a long time. Yeah. That, that man sounds like he was around when the Salukis were still rolling around. Um, all right. Matt's, Matt's getting the biggest heart on for him, too. Matt knows and I don't. This is a good uh this is a good little surprise. I don't want to hear about it. Just uh we'll just we'll just, uh yeah, surprise me with it. Before we get to segments, I gotta do a quick little uh, pit stop here. I was at the pool getting fucked up this last weekend and I was really missed out. I could have gotten the best entertainment around. Where is that? You know who I'm talking about. Matt knows who I'm talking about already. He's just pretending like that. He doesn't know. It's karaoke adventure. The taxi company, the karaoke company, they bring everything. They got the DJ, the karaoke, any occasion. They'll do it for your birthday parties, family gatherings, block parties. Hell, they'll come to the pool and sit in there with you and jam out with you. You know what they got? What do they have? They got them horses in the back. Oh, dude, I could go very, very hard. And it would get a little hard if I tried to... uh single old town road can't nobody Here. tell you nothing if you do that man karaoke <laughs> adventure brings you everything you need they got the pa they got the mics they got the tv and the lighting 
no old karaoke machines, no lame time. Hell, maybe, you know what, you might have to pitch in yourself. I'm not going to put them on the spot here, but bring a smoke machine. It'll make it better. You've seen the new Queen movie that was out, almost won an Oscar, best picture. Karaoke Adventure could make that happen for you. Could have your little moment of Queen. They have everything for a singing good time. Follow them on Facebook. Check them out. Look at some of their videos. Karaoke Adventure. Give them a call at 773-732-6597 today. Karaoke Adventure. Find them on Facebook. All right, people. I got some fun segments for us today. I'm very excited for these. We got we got some diversity in it. We're expanding our horizons. We got a little bit of everything. Matt's going to have his word of the week. But first, I got to go to my personal favorite segment, something that hits very close to home. It's the bald guy of the week. And it's going to my man, Magic Johnson, former Lakers president of basketball operations, goes on first take and just gives a soul-crushing interview to the Lakers front office. This man bodied Jeannie Buss, Rob Polinka. There was a lot of shockwaves with it, but the first thing I want to jump into is I got to ask you, Quentin, how, how in trouble are the Lakers for this? And do you buy into what Magic is saying? You know, I, I do buy into what Magic is saying, but at the same time, you know, I, I don't know if what he was doing could really have done anything. You know, I understand he wanted to fire Luke Walton. Everybody wanted to fire Luke Walton. Um, but I guess he had people come in and be like, well, he went on first take and he really explained it. But I guess it went like this. He went into a meeting. They're like, okay, I want to fire Luke Walton. And then they had another meeting. He's like, okay, you know, we'll give him another try. And then he went in again. And he's like, no, he needs to go. But there was people there that were protecting Luke Walton. And I guess Magic Johnson just didn't have the power he thought he did when he took the job. Yeah, yeah. It was something like Tim Harris, who was a business guy. I think it's Tim Harris. I, I could be wrong with the name. But he was in the business side, and he kind of tried was, was trying to jump into basketball operations. But, yeah, man, I <laughs> I got I got one thing, right? And this is my small, dumb mind. Rob Polinka, all I can think of whenever I see him is that it's just Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe is running the Lakers. Quentin's giving the look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look at them, Rob Lowe just snuck his way in and finessed his acting skills into the Lakers front office, if you ask me. Yeah, he looks exactly like Rob Lowe. Like if Rob Lowe had a stunt double for Rob Lowe, because we all know Rob Lowe does his own stunts, he that would be his stunt double is Rob Polinka. I bet Magic Johnson would like to fling Rob Polinka off of a roof. What if it's Rob Lowe, though? No, 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 no. Well, you can't tell the difference. I was going to say, you know, it, it could be anything. Magic is pretty connected in the Hollywood world, so. I wonder how many times they get mistaken for each other. I'm just thinking of uh, Magic Johnson at, on, a, on a set, and they offered Rob Polinka the opportunity to stun double for Rob Lowe, and they're like, all right, you're going gonna to jump off this, uh, you're going to jump off this window onto this mat. Don't worry. And Magic Johnson's there. And he just got one of his boys like fucking Kobe's down there. And then as Rob Plinka jumps out the window, Kobe just very casually uh, slides the mat out from underneath where the landing zone is. And then they realize that it's actually Rob Lowe and Rob Plinka standing right to the left of Magic Johnson this entire time. You don't say that. Rob Lowe's a saint. 
Dude, you really a Rob Lowe fan? I don't mind Rob Lowe. Irrelevant. Irrelevant. Rob Lowe would be cool to have sit in section three one two though. I would I want Parks and Rex Rob Lowe though. Chris uh, Chris. That would be a fun Rob Lowe. I yeah, we'll we'll just make it so the entire time he has to act as if he's Parks and Rec Rob Lowe. Alright. That was Bald Guy of the Week. Shout out to Maggie Johnson for bringing to light the Rob Polinka Rob Lowe comparison. It's time for hypotheticals. We took uh, hypotheticals a little bit off for the last couple of weeks. We got a couple, and they're smoking. And I think they're, they're, I think they're controversial. So I, I really like these. So I'm going to rattle them off, and we can sit here and shoot back and forth, or if you think there's a straight answer, we'll just take your answer and ride with it. First one. If you could trade the devil your soul... For one thing in return, what would it be? You're selling your soul to good old Uncle Satan, and you get one thing back in return for it. What are you making sure it is? Perfect health. Perfect health. Elaborate. Perfect Never acquiring cancer, liver disease, kidney failure, any sort of tumor, cyst, any sort of, you know, disability, bones of steel, they never break. Like, immortality almost health-wise. So you are going to die, but you're just, you just die. This is not going to kill me. Okay, so you just kind of like... I'm going to die of old age. Okay. Matt, would you like to, uh, do do you have any uh, strong opinions one way or the other on what you're going to give up? I would like just once... For the Southern Illinois Salukis basketball team to make it to the Final Four. But I don't know if I'm willing to sell my soul for it. Would you sell your soul to see these Blues win the Stanley Cup? They're capable, so I don't have to do that. I thought you were just going to say something like you wanted to hail Satan better. But that's beside the point. Bruins and five. Bruins. We're a Bruins and four podcast, not a Bruins and five podcast. <laughs> I guess we'll see about no that. Chance. We no chance. We were only happy for you guys until you actually got to the big stage. Now we're all off that bandwagon. Fuck y'all. The Blackhawks are going to rain. Uh, <laughs> all right, moving forward. Number two, before Matt can get anything in, you find a biography of your entire life. Do you read past the present? That is very awkward as I read it, but. You have a biography with that's written about your life, and you get to the page that's the exact current point in the present. Are you going to read anything forward? No, I'm not. But it's already set in stone anyways, right, if it's already written? Yeah, but things can be rewritten. That's <laughs> if you have a DeLorean. That was a real hypothetical right there. <laughs> Yeah, things can be rewritten, so no, I'm not going to read into the future. But if I could go back to the past and rewrite the past, knowing what I know now, I would rewrite the past and then maybe read the future. I think I'll understand the question, because if it's a biography, dude, what do you first, no, my no. question is, am I dead? 
No, that's the point. Someone wrote a biography of your entire life without you realizing it. You fucking time traveled into the past. I don't know, man. Somebody, somebody wrote your future out though. Are you gonna, are you gonna read it? Um. And yes, it is factual. I, I would, I would read it to see if it's like anywhere close to where I want to be. Blues losing four. But, but but nobody's talking about that crap, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> oh, and every game is five nothing Bruins. And Fake Matt just news. engages in all. You're wrong. Matt engages in all of his starting five ways to cope with a loss. And everything he says is St. Louis related. <laughs> Keep it going. Keep it going. These are awesome. You just go eat some St. Louis fucking spare ribs. That's how. That's how you cope with the loss. <laughs> 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 you go to the arch. Because you know, go to the arch. That fucking arch. That arch is so stupid, dude. It's like a giant horseshoe in the sky. You're stupid, man. That's the gateway to the west. We got one of the tallest buildings in the world, and you got this lame ass arch. It's not even lame, bro. Like, you're so wrong on this. We're going to go check out Lake Michigan, and you're just going to go sit in the arch and look at a river. You go toward Lake Michigan, I'll just push you in, man. And then Dude, I'll we just watch you drown year. from a top of the arch. We're real men up in Chicago. We do that every year for charity. We go in our tidy whities and go into the polar plunge. Hell, we don't just do that. We jump into the fucking polluted-ass Chicago River. You come out with radiation burns and that shit, but you're a goddamn trooper because, well, you're doing it for charity. Yeah, man, we dye that bitch green every year, so we hide that shit. We've been fucking destroying everything. There's algae <laughs> blooms that will fucking kill you in 15 seconds, but that's okay. Uh, keep right. it going. What else we got? On to number three. So you, only hide, so you only hide that stuff whenever the day begins in Saint and ends in Patrick's? Well, yeah, that's why we dye it green. We've got to hide the algae. <laughs> Somebody. Why even dye if it's already green? you got to make it greener, man. Yeah. You can never have too much green. Can never have too much green. All right. <laughs> All right. But but yes, I would read past the uh, present to uh, see if it's anywhere close to where I want it to be, or so I can get ideas uh, in case I don't even know. Boston wins four to nothing. Uh, <laughs> all right. Number three. We already talked about the NHL. Number, I think. No, number three. <laughs> yes, oh we had a brief talking NHL. With this. <laughs> What's number three, Andrew? Uh, number three. <laughs> if you were the opposite sex for a month, how do you spend it? Please keep this relatively rated R slash PG-13 is what my preface to this is going to be. If I was the opposite sex, how would I spend it? Yeah, you wake up as a female one day. You have 30 days as a female. What are you doing? I've always wanted to use my boobs to get out of a speeding ticket. I'd have to cross that off the list, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's actually a, that's see that's what I'm hoping for with the rated RPG 13 thing. So you're just gonna go around speeding until you eventually get caught, and then you're like, officer, I seem to have just slipped off my bra. <laughs> now you're moving away from the rated R slash PG 13 I set, but okay. <laughs> Please ignore no. the Go Bruins <laughs> written across my chest. <laughs> Matt's so mad right now. He he does what? 
<laughs> it's all in good fun. But I'm playing. Uh, but my team is playing in the playoffs this year, so. I can't hear you. I'm shining my three Stanley Cup rings. All right. Okay, man. You Matt, got a ring, you- bro? Let me see. Well, what would you do if you were a woman for 30 days? I, I think the f- uh, for the first week, I would try to figure out how to, like, live. Like, fitting for, like, these, like, different things that they need. Like, like like bras for example how do i how do i how do i get fitted i don't know and then uh, i just hope that i turn back into a man before that uh time of the month comes i don't want to deal with that i don't want to deal with that that goes into the story and he's just like what do i do (laughs) how do i solve this excuse me guys i'm a woman and i don't know what to do (laughs) well the first thing you obviously do is find where the balls are (laughs) okay that was that one worked out much more um cleanly than i was anticipating and i'm very happy that that worked out as well as it did okay i think we both tried very hard to try to keep it clean i was gonna say you guys did your best yeah all positivity on section 312 okay oh i would also go to congress and be like uh pro-choice you guys Oh, I, yeah, I was going to say, I was also about to actually add in that uh, the the second part of that question was, would you think it was harder to live as a man or a woman afterwards? But I think it's safe to say that we can all answer that it's definitely harder to live as a woman afterwards. So I just didn't even want to add that part in because, I mean, if you got any like cramping or, you know, irritability, I think we'd all just cripple and not be able to move out of the house for a day. So I just didn't even want to add that part in. Okay. Like if I'm cramping, I just probably had too much Taco Bell. But I, I can't say. even imagine what it is for other people. <laughs> Magic looks at it and goes, well, shit, that was just too much Taco Bell. Everyone else is like, damn, this is just fucking life, and I have to deal with this. That, there's the difference right there, folks. Um, <laughs> okay. Question four. This is a personal uh, one that hits close to home, so uh, you boys better pick right. Would you rather lose your hair and lose 20 pounds immediately or keep your hair and immediately gain 40 pounds? Well, I'm going to ask you, how did it feel to lose your hair in 20 pounds? Rude, but... Um, but hey, but you lost 20 pounds. I know, I know, you know. You you work it from the uh, I I don't know if you're trying to push to the uh, you get you get you get a limited uh, a lane to work with as a bald guy here, but I mean forty pounds one that was I don't know you're you're crossing off two different sects of people, you know I think I think if you're looking at it from a, a perspective of people that you're going to interest right uh, personally you know you get you get a you're picking one or the other like well, is it. Is it all hair, or is it just hair on your head? No, no just on your head. I'm not going to go full like alopecia. Like you can, you can grow a beard and, and keep. Are we it. talking weight that we are now, or are you giving us a set weight? No weight that you are now, like right now. I would have to lose my hair because if I kept my hair and gained the forty pounds, I'd be damn near be almost three hundred pounds. Is it possible to lose the weight after you gain it? In this hypothetical? No, you sold your soul to the devil. You never get it back. <laughs> Ooh, that's, that that's, was a hypothetical, though. That's actually good. Um, 
you can lose weight, but you'll never get to within 10 pounds of what you were. And you lose weight a little bit slower. Let's move on to number five. Last question. And I, I came up with this one, so I'm kind of proud of myself because it's very Chicago-related, and I think it'll hit close to home. You have to give up either pizza or beef forever. So no Italian beefs, no pizza. You get to pick one to keep, and you have unlimited access to the one that you pick to keep. Which one are you keeping? Can I have the beef on my pizza? No. No. But... If, for instance, you pick pizza, you have access to any pizza place. So I'm not just talking a Giordano's or like a Lou Malnati's. Like you, you, you can get access to like Domino's if you want to be cheap and save some cash. Dude, Domino's in St. Louis, you can head on over to Emos. Not a sponsor. You know, I've heard some good things about Emos Pizza. I have. Um, but I'm gonna have to go with the beefs, man. So you're picking, um like availability or you're picking I'm picking Tillos, Al's, Bona, Vienna, all those beefs. You gotta say more Italian than that. More Portillos. A little Portillos and some of the Bona and the Vienna and Al. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That was good. Matt, I- I'm curious to hear yours. I think I've had like two Italian beef sandwiches in my life and I've never been to these Chicagoland places you guys speak of as I only visited like three or four times and we always went to Giordano's. So I would have to go with if I'm going to keep my pizza because I like that too much, dude. Order it all the time. Can't go wrong with it. Matt, I'm I'm going to uh, whenever you whenever the Cubs Cardinals series is up here, I want you to uh, buy throw me some money. I'll order the tickets, and then you can stay up here and crash here for the night before you drive back down. And we're gonna take you to go get some beef and some real pizza, some some real Chicago pizza. Let's plan it sometime. Does it make a difference if I add hot dogs into that? Fuck no. No. Okay. Just like check. Just like check. Okay. That was hypotheticals. So I think that worked, that worked out well. These were these were some good ones. Yeah, they, they were some very good ones. Yeah. We learned a lot about uh, Quentin's feelings about the Blues and how they've changed since they've actually made it to the Stanley Cup Finals now. Um, okay. <laughs> Moving on to... We haven't done this one the week in a couple of weeks either, actually. We're, we're digging up a whole bunch of old segments, and we're going to fucking throw them at y'all. Famer fraud. I love this one. This is good, and we have a lot of them, but let's try to keep this quick, boys. We're just going to move through like relatively rapid fire. We'll throw in a uh, comment or two on them. So this is Quentin's, and he made sure I talked about it tonight. Boogie Cousins is up numero uno on Famer fraud. DeMarcus Cousins with the Golden State Warriors. Will people count the championship that he's about to win with Golden State, or will it mean absolutely nothing to his legacy? Fame or fraud? This is my first segment on uh, fame or fraud. Um, I would have to uh, I would have to say that a championship is a championship, no matter how you got it. 
Okay, so Matt goes big ol' fame and upvote for Boogie Cousins. You know, I'm going to go fame if we're talking in terms of, like, down the line. Because, I mean, it's something like Scalabrini has said it, right? In five years, he can say he was a starter on the team he he won a championship with. In 10 years, he can say he was, or in five years, he can say he was a contributor. In 10 years, Scalabrini uh, can say he was a starter. In 15, he can say he won a championship and he was like a top player on the team. Moral of the story is, as time goes on, people forget how much of a role you had. So it will be in his legacy regardless that he had a championship if the Warriors win one. So I'm going to go fame. What about Josh Gordon? But that's different because he got suspended. I mean, Boogie was hurt. He didn't get suspended. He stepped away. He said he was stepping away. Okay, but there's a high probability that he could have gotten suspended had he not stepped away. But the dude still got a ring. Yeah. So what? He didn't really contribute. It's not the same as an injury. Whatever, regardless. So what? Are you going to say fraud? Is that what you're trying to imply? I think it's a fraud, yeah. Because he took the easy way out, and he really didn't do anything to really help them win a championship. What I was going to follow up with is... Jason Hayward. I think in terms of his value, in terms of his value in the immediate future as a player on the Warriors, I think that Boogie, it's a fraud in terms of no one's going to value his contribution to a championship. But I think it's down the line, people will remember he won a championship. It might have an asterisk on it, but over time, those fade. So that's my opinion. And Jason Hayward's a goddamn fame. If he doesn't give that motivational speech during that fucking rain delay, there is no championship. So, that's so, he, takes, so, he, so he makes one speech in one game for one series. Hey, that speech was worth $127 million. Wow. So you felt like you wasted all that money until that one moment. We didn't that waste one it. Rain delay. We bought that fucking speech. We bought it. We knew we were going to get it. We just didn't know when. The Cubs made a deal with the devil. Okay. So there's a lot of conspiracies behind the Hayward speech. And I want to move into my own personal conspiracy that I'm about to throw out for y'all. And I wanted to throw it in a favor fraud because I'm going to pitch my case. And I want you two to tell me after you hear my opinion. Well, actually, let's do it this way. Damian Lillard's injury. He comes out, he plays well. His first game in the series, he played well after they announced he injures his rib. Is it fame or fraud, Damian Lillard's performance in the face of his uh, reported injury? I think it's fame. I think Damian ain't no bitch. I think he's going to go out there and he's going to play with a separated rib, just like Paul George played an entire series in an entire month with a torn rotator cuff. Okay, so now I'm going to go Always Sunny in Philadelphia on you in the Evolution episode. I'm going to be Mac on the board with all of the kind of people in front of me. I'm going to prove that they're frauds and the Evolution is a myth. But instead of Evolution, we're going to be talking about Damian Lillard's injury in quotes. So Lillard supposedly separates his rib, right? Which And he, he said to the media it was excruciating pain. And it was it was really hurting him in the off days, and he was unsure about playing in this next game. Mind you that at this time, the Blazers are down 3-0. to zero. I think it's a fake because Damian Lillard, no one reported it on the Blazers, uh, Blazers injury department. Terry Stotts said he had no idea about the injury until Damian Lillard said anything and went public. 
and he said, quote, I think it was, um, yeah, this is something that we hadn't been brought to light to, um, but if it happens and Dame didn't mention it, then it's fine. I'm just saying, I think it's a very funny coincidence that the Blazers were down 3-0, potentially we're going to lose at home, and Damian Lillard just happens to hurt his rib. Yet I watch him go up for a contested layup last night, land hard on that left side that I know is where the busted rib is, and gets up and just sprints down the court like nothing's wrong. You're leaving out a key detail here. In that same interview, he was asked... Well, he was told, Damien, do you realize no team in the NBA has ever came back from a 3-0 deficit in the playoffs? And Damien responded, why can't we be the first? But isn't it convenient padding if they were to lose, as they were, that Dame could, and he has a bad game, let's say again, and he's in Damien, the last match contract? Damien already has the excuse of, hey, Nurkic isn't on the floor. You have Nurkic on the floor. Who knows what happens? I don't think he needs to go out and make more excuses. I'm just saying. Sounds an awful lot like the LeBron, oh, no, I broke my hand against Golden State because I punched a wall a couple of years ago. Look at me. I was actually hurt. and The loss doesn't count as much. Fraud. So, fame or fraud? And I mentioned this earlier. The NBA wanted the Blazers to win last night's game so they could push that series a little bit farther. Oh, that's fame. Because the NBA's got to make money. They don't like when teams just sweep. They lose out on all the ticket sales and the merchandise and the advertisements. Of course, the NBA wanted the Blazers to win. I think an added note is also, don't you think it's interesting that if the Blazers happen to win one or two games, the, the Warriors seem slightly more defeated and slightly more human? So there's more viewer interest. I don't think that's a coincidence either. Not at all. Okay. So we both got uh, fame on that one. Okay. Moving forward, uh, a little bit outside of the playoffs right now. Anthony Davis is going to stay in New Orleans. Fraud. Who you got him going to? Because I also say fraud. I don't know where he's going. I really don't. I would I want to say the Lakers. I really want to say the Lakers and that the Pelicans get two top four picks. But I don't know what's going to happen. Wouldn't it be crazy if for some wacky reason Zion and RJ both go to New Orleans? I think that's the only way that he stays in the NBA draft. Okay, so we both got frauds on that one. All right. Let's kick it to uh, the three-one-two for a little bit. Let's go with the Bulls. The Bulls get a contributor with their seventh pick. I'm not talking all-stars. I'm not talking NBA champion MVP or NBA championship or NBA Finals MVP. I'm just talking a dude that's a contributor, solid starter every night, gives you good minutes. Yes, I'm going with fame. You think that there's enough guys there that and Gar and Pax make the right pick? Yeah, I think that the Bulls trade the seventh pick for Lonzo Ball and we get the guy that we wanted all along. All right, all right, whatever. You can have your conspiracies on your end, I guess. That's the only way I see this pick working out for the Bulls because there's nobody there in the draft after the top five that can even help a team win ball games. If you don't trade this pick for Lonzo Ball or come up with some type of package deal, I don't know what we're going to do. So you're saying fraud. 
No, I'm saying fame because they're going to use that seventh pick as, I'm assuming that as would, leeway. I'm to, assuming that they take a player with their pick. The player they get with the seventh pick, assuming no trades. Assuming no trades. No, no, no. They they use the pick on a player with, and it's not trading up. It's the seventh pick. Unless we somehow pull out Cam Reddish or somehow DeAndre Hunter slips drastically, which I just don't see happening. I don't think so. So, oh, Quentin, you threw a couple in here for me. Okay, cool. I'm going to fucking rattle these off then, and I want to hear your takes. Was Zeke on something when he got arrested at EDC? Please explain for uh, those of us at home, myself included, that are not up to date on these events. Oh, there's a video on TMZ of Ezekiel Elliott at EDC in Las Vegas. It's a music festival. Yes. And he gets in the face of a security guard, and he's, uh, he says something like, say something now or something, and he does one of those big chest bump things and shoves this guy straight to the ground and then puts his hands up like, what are you looking at me? I didn't do anything. I didn't, I didn't do anything. But in the video, he's seen just walking back and forth, and he looks drunk a little bit, and he, he looks like he could possibly be, you know, like on some type of drug. I don't know what it was, but... He ends up. He's in a LeBron James L.A. Lakers jersey, by the way, and he gets arrested. And he's walked. No charges were filed, but uh, he gets arrested. He shoves this guy to the ground. Nobody knows, you know, if he's gonna get sued or anything. But the charges were dropped. So, is it fame or is it fraud for the Dallas Cowboys star running back? Oh, I think it's big fraud. I think Zeke was fine. I think that security guard had it coming to him. And word on the street is when Zeke was uh, getting caught on tape with TMZ, out of his pocket slipped a little uh, Section 312 business card with the name Quentin Michaels on it. So I'm going to go big fraud. Zeke is innocent, and he should come on the podcast and tell uh, the world about that. Yeah, and, Zeke, uh, we still love you. Yeah, thanks a lot, Zeke. So no, of course not, big fraud. So for the last one for fame and fraud, this is for both of you, okay? Everybody knows we are big wrestling supporters. Austin Reddick, RMP Wrestling. Go follow them. Check them out. We're big, huge wrestling supporters. I was, you know, browsing through the channels and Monday Night Raw popped up. And, you know, Mick Foley popped up on the TV. I was like, oh, shit, it's Mankind, Dude Love, and Cactus Jack, you know, living legend, icon. Everybody knows that hellacious Hell in the Cell match with The Undertaker and Mankind where he gets thrown off the top of the cell. Um, so Mick Foley comes out and he introduces a new championship and says that Monday Night Raw needs to get downright raw. He reveals this great forest green championship called the 24 seven championship. Let me, let me explain to you what this means. This title is defended at all times, no matter where you are who you are, in the ring, outside the ring, if you get pinned whenever, wherever, you lose the title. Is this a big fame move for the WWE, or is this a fraud move? Will this involve more people getting hit with chairs? Well, it could, you can get pinned whenever, wherever. Someone can walk up behind you, hit you in the head with the chair, pin you for three seconds, take your belt, and walk away. As no, not even in the ring, wherever. As long as there's more objects being thrown at people, I'm I'm all in for it. So I'd go big fame for Raw. 
and their ratings. I just want people to get hit with random objects. 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 Mama said 24-7 championship is the devil. No, 24 championship, 24 seven championship is not the devil because it's big fame. But 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 my my mama said. <laughs> I would have to agree with Bobby over here. Adam Sandler is smiling at you. <laughs> <laughs> so that I think wraps up the fame or fraud. I love that segment. We gotta do more of those. Those are good. Yeah, we we had some good ones. I like to keep some segments like hidden in the back pocket because we can come through with like six or seven of these every once in a while. So I think we get like a good display. We can talk about the Bruins and their inevitable sweep of the St. Louis Blues. I mean, it, there's so many opportunities with these segments. I Gloria. <laughs> Tucker slash Tuka is going to. Bennington, we trust, is all yeah. I have to say. My man, uh, Brad Marchand, is just going to ruin someone on St. Louis Live in this next series. Starting five. It's here, folks. Some of you have been waiting for it all week. We have it. We're bringing it to you. Coping mechanisms for when your team suffers a major loss. Brought to you by the boys from Section 312. I think we're going to hit all of these. There's a lot of them, but I think with 15, we can hit a broad majority. If we miss anything major, please let us know because we're happy to hear the great opinions of our own listeners. Quentin, you are the grand archmaster of selecting the order, so I will let you take it from here. I am the ringmaster, and you guys are doing tricks in my circus. We're going to spice it up a little bit this time. We're going to go 1 through 25. I have the number in my head. Pick a number, boys. Matt, you can go first. Um, 13.2. This man said a decimal. I hope the whole numbers only count because I'm going to go 19. I don't know if it counted or not. <laughs> in honor of the sweep, I went with four. Oh, Matt, Matt has it then. I, we've actually, yeah. Matt, Matt has it. He's closer. Matt? I'm going like around the other direction because I think I might be closer then. Matt, what position do you want? I want to be sandwiched between you guys. I want to be number two. Matt is a number two. Just kidding, Matt. Andrew, you want heads or tails? Give me them heads this week. Flip a coin. Heads. Two weeks in a row, I'm rolling on the coin flip. Okay. Um, give me number one. Okay. So for this week, we have the starting five of ways to cope with your team's devastating loss. So I'm going to open up number one with the most logical, the most obvious, frankly, the go-to. It's going to be drink your sorrows away. Any sort of booze. Mainly beer, though, because you're already probably slamming it during the game. But, you know, you, you pour up a nice little glass of a, of, a, of a Bud Light or a little Natty if you're feeling real frisky. And you just pound about eight of those until you forget what even happened with the game. So, I mean, obviously boozing, number one. From, from Matt's first pick, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna say whatever I do when the Cardinals lose, especially recently, because it happens often now. Um, mainly, I just turn it off, just turn off the TV, and not even watch the post game show, and then play solitaire on my phone. We really 180'd from booze to solitaire, and we know <laughs> as a healthy, we know who is the healthier coping person out of the two of us. Oh God. You're going to be playing solitaire for weeks after the Blues get swept, dude. Also, oh, my God, dude. Do, do this I guy. A, do I have a problem if I opened up with that and then Matt just followed me up with that? Did, <laughs> like, Welcome did, to Section 3. I mean, if it's a, if it's a continuing trend, it's May. I'm just like, you know what? There's a game tomorrow. This game sucked. Of course, Gregerson freaking blew it again, so... Just turn off the TV and do questioning it. my own life choices. So for Team Q's first draft pick, we're gonna go with the one that everybody does. We're gonna go on a little Twitter rant, and we're gonna rant just a list of tweets about why we lost, how we shouldn't have lost, and you know things to do to prepare to prevent another loss. That's gonna be my first pick. There's also a lot of uh, like a lot of irrational kind of thoughts in there, and like a lot of like yelling at random bad things that happened, and then just completely ignoring like the inadequacies of your own team losing, and it's always like someone else's fault. I fucking love doing that shit. Yes. For Team Q's second pick, it will be starting a petition to cut so player aka the cody parkey kick as soon as that kick was made there was petitions to have him cut and released from the bears so if you are the reason why we lose you bet your ass we don't want you in the town you know if you combine your picks one and two you have death threat tweets my second pick is for the uh Whenever the SIU Salukis lose in basketball, we, we expect to be good. I'm sitting there in the stands in the student section as an alum, <laughs> and you lose a really close game to a rival. I just, I just get mad. I stomp on the bleachers and blame the refs. So I guess blame the refs even if it's not their fault. See, there you go. Blame the refs is, I mean, there's always an out for that. And then you go on a Twitter rant, and then you maybe also start a petition to cut the player of which you were ranting about. I mean, I will tell you, though, game four of this uh, Western Conference Finals that the Blue just participated in, it was their fault. And the NHL fired them from the series. I got a couple, uh, I got a little little back-to-back right here. So you you mentioned Matt the the diplomatic angry response of just kind of stomping slash getting mad at the refs. I'm gonna go with the extreme version of that. I'm gonna say you break your TV. Ah. I'm gonna say you put your just fucking hand through the TV. The one TV you're allowed in your I life. I was I was about to. Re- you know what? You took the words out of my mouth. Yep, 100. You you get one or two TVs in your life that you get to just break due to sports anger. And, you know, when you really catch it's it's a, it's a wonder of the sports world when you get to break your own TV. OK, number so you four. actually did that before me. Yeah, you. Yeah. I don't understand why TVs are so expensive. 
Because ball's life, bro. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Even if it's a puck? Uh, to be honest with you, I broke my, um, you know, God, it was like a, it, it was something like a 32-inch after the Chris Conti missed tackle on Randall Cobb. Oh, my God, yeah. I, I, I threw my hand through a TV and broke it. That was, I, that was my one that I cashed in. And you know what? I'm pretty proud of what I picked. I came close. I came very close to breaking not a TV, but my phone. I threw my phone against the wall when Chapman gave up the two-run home run to our, uh, Rajay Davis. I threw my phone as hard as I could. So, for my third pick, <laughs> I'm going to read it as I have it written right now. Sex slash jerk off slash orgasm slash etc. What's etc.? <laughs> That's a good question. You put the finger in your butt, don't you? I was about to say, maybe a finger in the butt. You sniff those dirty legs, huh? Maybe. Hey, man, it's always ass-eating season now. It's 2019. Leave me alone for that. Um, but yeah, there's there's nothing better to get your mind off a of bad sports loss. Like, uh, you know, when your man's or your lady comes to you and they're just like, Oh, hey, babe, I'm so sorry. That's such a sad, uh, that's such a sad loss for you. Let me uh, make it better for you. And then you get pleasure, and then it's a good. Then you know what? You you kind of just forget about everything, and nothing else really matters, and it's okay. So yeah, sex slash jerk off slash uh, orgasm slash etc. is my number three. And this is definitely an eighteen plus podcast. <laughs> I I whoa, excuse me. As much as that is, I kept it both gender friendly because both man's and women's get mad when their sports teams lose it happens it's an adult way of life when you when sports teams win you make babies you know how many patents there are running around denver (laughs) my third pick i'm just going to take it the other way around let's say that the player is uh upset about getting the loss um i was a high school bowler at my high school i've participated in the bowling team and whenever my team lost i just solemnly get on the bus put on my headphones and listen to music throw just listen whole, to music by yourself throw in a whole tin of dip as you do it no nah, that's not my speed said no okay never mind <laughs> okay well music is a, is a good getaway i was thinking yeah. i had that in an honorable mention yeah, i'm just listening to whatever the best hits of 2011 brings me so, you guys have taken a lot of mine off my list, and I only have enough left to fill out my five. So, going for my third pick for Team Q, I'm going to say you got to roll something up, man. You got to smoke those sorrows away. You have to. You get you lose in the game seven, or you get swept by the Bruins. You got to roll up a little J, take the edge off. And man, Marshawn Lynch should be with you. Only when it's legal, though. Dude, he did it on the field. Yeah, man. Shout out California. We love you, Marshawn. We love you. My fourth pick that I'm going to take is you you go spend money. Just go blow some money. Forget about it. Whatever you want to do it on, you want to go to the bar with it, you want to go grocery shopping, go get some good food, just go spend some money, man. Go, go be happy. So are you putting food in that then? Is, is that because... No, this, this no. Holds, 
I just said go spend money. Okay. Matt, we're going back to you. Matt, take the food. Buy yourself something nice. Treat yourself. For my fourth pick, I've done this a couple times. I just, if I'm at home, I just go outside and just, just scream, yell, like, ah, or fuh, or something like that, you know? So just, just go outside and just yell. You ever howl like a wolf? Uh, no, because that's quite stupid. But I, I just, I just yell, and then after that, I'm cool. All of my madness, I just, just let go of it. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you definitely are stupid if you've gone outside and howled like a wolf in response to, to a bad loss. Yeah, yeah. Those, those. But you're not stupid if you just yell at nothing. Those people are. Those, those, those people are dumb. Um, all right. I don't howl like a wolf or anything when I get mad and upset. Um, <laughs> all right. Moving on. For my fourth pick, I'm going to go with you replay the video game of the sport that you were watching on rookie mode, and you win by about, if you're playing Madden, 70 points to prove to yourself that it was a fluke on the other team's end. That's how you recover. I'm going to go with that. That's my number four. This guy guy went into my brain. And copy pasted it into his own brain, and then sent it out to you guys. That was great. I was thinking <laughs> that exact same thing. Do it all the time. It just makes you feel good. It, it just it, it gets you. It, it makes it makes you feel good. I'm just happy I have college basketball for PS3. I just plug that in there and call it good. So format number five, I'm gonna go with order a lot of delivery. Be it wings, pizza, or Chinese food. You pick your favorite after or a Or Italian beef. Exactly. Or Italian beef or a deep dish if you're feeling real Chicago. Get it to your place. Order a lot of it. Eat as much as you can. And just put yourself into a food coma. And then when you wake up, it might not be as bad, but it'll still be pretty shitty. For my fifth and final pick, I do this whenever I play video games, too. If I lose real badly or if my team loses real badly... I grab my pillow or something that's close to me and just smack it against the couch. And just and then just ass, assault the wall too with it. I just get real mad and then after a little bit of that, I'm good to go. I'm calm because all my madness is out of me again. Matt, you're very you're pretty aggressive, man. <laughs> Maybe you should chill out, dude. You're screaming. You're smacking pillows. You're what? Do you, what's going on? Do, do sit down and rap with us. Sit down and what? Like like, like, like rap. Like let's let's chat. Let's chit chat. Are you are you okay? Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, we won today, so I'm okay. Yeah, today. <laughs> That's the last win you're gonna have all year, buddy. You you don't want to know what happens when they don't win. We're, we're, I think he's trying to tell us to just just leave it. Just leave it. I mean, I don't know. In previous years, we did not have Bennington. All, all I'm gonna say is, all I'm gonna say is, if the Blues get swept, we might not hear from Matt again. He might be out on a rampage. So, I, I mean, I'll still be here because I am partially sane. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> we don't let Matt leave. That's a good joke. By the, <laughs> that's a good joke. Yeah, we don't let Matt leave. He's stuck on the Skype call 24/7. For my last pick of the draft. 
I'm going to say you just focus on your next team whose season is about to begin. So, for instance, when Parkey missed the kick for the Bears, all that was going in my head was, all right, we got the Cubs around the corner. Baseball season's about to start. Now, if you're a White Sox fan, you're thinking, all right, Bears are around the corner, getting ready for that fantasy football draft. So you just think ahead to your next team. You know, it's never, it's it's not always a bad thing that your team sucks because you got a couple more that are coming down the line that you're excited for. You know what? At least we don't have heartbreak coming our way because we already know what's happening. Y'all got heartbreak coming, so that's fine. I'll take low expectations and high uh, rewards from the White Sox. You can have high expectations, low rewards. So. Oh, I have I have high expectations with high rewards because if I'm looking at it two ways. If we make it to the World Series and we win a World Series, then we win a World Series. If we don't make the playoffs or don't win a World Series, then we fire Joe Madden and bring in Joe Girardi. So that's also a win. So it's always high expectations. What do you think the world record is for flipping someone the double bird is? Like length of time. I did it once while I was driving. For how long, though? I'm saying what's the world record in terms of like... I was trying to pass this semi. I was going the speed limit on the interstate. I turned behind me and gave a choice finger because this person was riding my butt, right? Like riding my bumper. Uh, This guy behind me, not the semi. And I guess he got really mad because after I got in front of the semi truck, he like... Like we were on the both separate lanes and he's uh, going the same speed as me. And I guess he was just looking at me the entire time. I turned to my left finally because he was swerving. And he's like shouting at me and doing all the finger stuff. I'm like, dude, hey, how's it going? You should have run him off the road. Dude, he (laughs) he tried to run me off the road after I caught up to him, after he sped sped up. You should have just caught, you should have just run him off the road. It was a crazy experience, dude. I was on my way to SIU when that happened. All right, boys, that was our starting five, and I thought it was a pretty good starting five. We've been thinking outside the box for these past couple weeks, and we have a great starting five for next week. I have to just say it now. Nope, nope. It was Mother's Day present. It was a Mother's Day present, and I have to fulfill that present. So you guys are in tune for a great starting five next week. We're going to have a special feature from some moms of the podcast. Laura and Gina are making a guest appearance. Okay, so do you have any uh, honorable mentions? Because I have one. I have. I have you guys took all of mine. <laughs> okay. Come up with something on the spot. So outside the usual, um, I wanted to go with the LeBron James technique. You uh, fake an injury and then uh, make sure to let everyone know that your fake injury was the reason that you guys didn't win. That's a really good way to cope with difficult loss. Um, uh, crying, that's a that's a very manly option as number two. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Oh, I got mine. The what ifs. So when, when the season's finally over and a team wins the championship, you go, oh, you know, well, if we make that kick, we win the Super Bowl, so... Uh, oh, yeah, you're not speaking from experience or anything with that one. This is a hypothetical situation. Just all hypotheticals. Yeah. 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 That's starting five. Things are wrapped up. We're going to get to a little Game of Thrones talk. 
But before we do so, I want to get to Thrive Fantasy. So we started a new partnership with these guys at Thrive Fantasy. They're starting an awesome site. It's a new daily fantasy sports app for prop bets. These dudes have streamlined the drafting process and eliminated any need to do the unnecessary hours of research because they use top-tier athletes only. They're focusing on the big dogs, the big kahunas, the great white whales. Instead of your traditional salary cap format, like you'll see in some of the other top DFS sites, you get to build your own lineup from a list of prop bets. So the way this works is for each contest, you pick 10 of the 20 available prop bets plus two in case of emergency ICE picks. These picks protect you from late scratches, postponed games. You get to sub them in and out. Each unique prop has its own over-under point value assigned to it, and you get rewarded the point value if your pick is correct. So, for example, will Anthony Rizzo score a run or have an RBI in the day's Cubs game? Will you, Darvish, have a quality start? Probably not. The less likely the prop is to occur, the more points your pick gets and you build your team score around the amount of correct props you select. Go check these guys out. They're in the App Store. They're on the Google Play Store. They have an awesome app. I've checked it out myself. It's super easy to use, super great. Enter our code, Section 312. That's S-E-C-312. When you sign up to get an additional match on your first deposit of up to $10, they're going to double your pay. You get extra money, free money to play around with. Go win some more. Find them on the App Store, Thrive Fantasy. Check them out. All right. Before we get to Game of Thrones talk, we got to hear Matt's mind. I, I forgot what I fucking called it. It's not the word of the week, though. It's Matt's mind momentum is what we were calling it. Can we go with Matt's mind fuck? I'm good with Matt's mind fuck. Matt, you want to mind fuck us? I mean, I, I want to say that on the podcast, so we can, can, can come, up some, uh, come up with something else. Matt, what segment is it? Matt's Mind's Finite Element Theory. <laughs> Matt's Mind's Fine End of the St. Louis Blues season. <laughs> My face went, with, went from smile to straight face. What's the word? Lay it on me thick. What's, what's the word of the week? Alright. My word of the week is boondoggle. It's a, it's a real word, you guys. What is it? A boondoggle is a useless, trivial piece of work. Let me scroll down here for the definition. Can you please use a it? Boondoggle, a boondoggle is work of little or no value done merely to look busy. So, or, like, the Bruins are about to do the blues. <laughs> and as a verb, it means to do useless, wasteful, or trivial work. So, as an example, I would say the refs from Game 4 of the Western Conference Finals of 2019. That's a boondoggle. But it's also the They're Bruins. They're useless. Playing the blues. Because these games are useless. They should just hand the cup filled already with champagne to Boston. That's a real boondoggle. <laughs> I think you guys are missing the point here. We play the games to prove people like you wrong. 
it is going to be not a boondoggle. <laughs> Let's just see how many sentences we can say with boondoggle in it. Well, if we decide to move into Game of Thrones talk, the writers pulled a real boondoggle of the last episode of the series. Yeah, moving, yeah, we'll, moving right into the Game of Thrones so, talk. That was Matt's mind. What? What? Uh, uh, um, Matt's 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 mind funk. Yeah, close enough. Close enough. He gets it. Let's move right into the Game of Thrones talk. Series finale. Garbage. Absolute garbage. I'm so disappointed I wasted 10 years of my life watching this fucking kid get thrown from a window just to be like, why do you think I came all this way? I don't know. Maybe because you can't fucking walk and somebody had to push you here. I'm going to drop... Uh, a, a hot take, a hot little burrito of a take on you right here. I liked the ending the more that I have been away from it. Yeah. I don't like certain parts of it. I don't like certain elements. There's a lot of things that don't make sense. There's a lot of things that don't add up. But the theory, and you're looking at me like I'm wrong, and I understand your thoughts on that. But my theory behind it is everyone got what they wanted that won. And that is a very real truth of how wars work out. And I think that is what the writers were shooting for. It's like a little bit beneath the surface is, yeah, you don't like it, but it's the most expected ending that could have happened. I don't, I wish they would have done it differently, but the ending I feel was suitable for what they had built in the season that was there. You know, I I get that. I get your stand on that. But I think... Arya should have killed Danny, and then Grey Worm killed Arya, and then Jon fight in an epic battle with Grey Worm and kill Grey Worm, and then have all that go down. I would feel better if that's how it all went down, but just the kiss of death and then doing the blow, and then nobody knows what the fuck happened. Like, we don't get to see anything about how Jon Snow gets captured. He, you tell me he just goes down, he's like, oh yeah, I killed Daenerys, but you can't find your fucking body. Like, how does everybody believe him? You know, like, I don't understand that. And then he just goes to the Night Watch again, where there's no job really at all because the Night King's dead. So what is he watching? He's watching grass grow. He's not doing anything, though. He He's going to be a wildling. Like, that's what the like uh, Tormund had said it earlier in the series. Right. Is he's like Jon Snow, you're a wildling. That's my awful attempt at like. A, a Scottish accent, but still, he he alluded to it, and then Jon Snow belonged in where he ended up, and everyone, even though Jon Snow is a, was a roundabout weird way of getting him there, I think where they put him at the end is where he belonged and where he fit best, given all eight seasons. I don't know. On and another then, note, and then the North becomes diverse and doesn't want to be affiliated with the rest of the world because Sansa's like, you know what, I've seen all this shit. I don't want to go through this shit. How about you just make me Queen of the North and then we just go our separate ways. Right, like Sansa makes it like abandoned that. She's just like, oh fuck, like actually, by the way, I want to be a queen, so just uh, give me my own kingdom. And Bran just goes, yeah, okay. Uh, can, can we just say that back in those days, they were still making fun of the weird kid? They call him Bran the Broken. 
bro, that was just so sad at the end of it. <laughs> terrible. Brand the Broken. I, and then, oh, poor, yeah, they all stand and clap, and then Brand's just fucking sitting there. They give him this long name. There were a lot of good, a lot of legendary memes on the Brand the Broken. Also interesting was the uh, Brand doing a little uh, Wikipedia editing without any uh, kind of validation behind it on uh, Jamie's page. I don't know. She kind of rewrites his whole uh, his whole chapter there at the end, kind of yeah, to make him make him like a better guy, right? I thought there was an interesting though, like illusion, and like this is like a, a very in depth overthinking to some degree thing, but it's an interesting take on if you were to talk about how history though is written as the victor. Like if you think about it, right? Like if Daenerys wins, the way that at least, like, let's say Jamie's little entry thing is written is nowhere near how it was supposed to be by, or not even how it's supposed to be, but how Brienne wrote it and how everyone in Westeros will remember it, right? So there's a super little, interesting little allusion to like how bad people or average people can be spun in a light of um, being way more valuable than they were in traditional history even like i don't know like it makes you think right like how many fucking people do we know in our history books that were honestly at the end of the day not very important people but someone wanted to write that they were because they had some sort of affiliation with that on a separate less logical note but nobody's talking about here well i mean people are talking about but we didn't mention it well, the Game of Thrones is—they fucked up this entire season. First with the Starbucks coffee cup, and now with the plastic water bottle beneath Sam Tarley's feet when they're all sitting there. Like, what the fuck, Game of Thrones? You spent so much money and waited so long to, you know, perfect this shitty season that you couldn't go back and edit out the water bottle and the Starbucks coffee cup. But like, if you didn't see that on Twitter. Do you ever notice it? No. I noticed the, the Starbucks cup. I didn't notice the plastic one. Okay. The plastic water bottle. Okay. I don't know. I didn't notice them, so I figured I was like, I, I don't know. No harm, no foul if I didn't notice it. It makes me kind of want to go back and rewatch everything again and see if they fucked anything else up. So everyone got all in a tizzy because Jon Snow didn't pet his dog on the way out. Poor ghost. That good boy sat there, just got left. To go to, our, to go up into the north. Jon Snow finally booped his dog. And I gotta be honest. The second I saw that scene, the first thought that went through my head was HBO definitely added the scene in at the end just so people would stop freaking out about Jon Snow not petting ghosts. You saw that he had one of his ears chopped off? Are they pro-chopping off the ears? Oh, that's a shame. HBO, very controversial. Dog fighting is bad, HBO. Just remember that. Even if they're wolves, wolf fighting is bad, too. Dire wolf. Dire wolf fighting is even worse. Do you have any any grants for Game of Thrones? Because we're about to put an entire show that has captured eight years of people's lives to bed. No. Overall, I would give it eight stars out of ten for oh. series as a whole. No. It was like an 8.8. No, we're touching nine. No. There were some really bad episodes that just, you know, really, no. All right, all right, whatever. We'll agree to disagree. 
But my question to you is, what are we going to do now with our Sundays? That's a good question because football doesn't start until fucking September. Um, I, I, for one, can't listen to the ESPN crew every Sunday night. I just can't. ESPN's baseball crew is uh, very B minus, C plus. Uh, you know, I'm going to give some love to the new series Chernobyl on HBO because that shit is amazing. So big ups for watching Chernobyl on Monday nights to make up for my lack of Sunday night entertainment television. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to start uh, binge watching Brockmire because... That if you haven't watched Brockmire, watch the first uh, ten minutes of the first episode. You will laugh your ass off. I need to watch Brockmire. I've heard good things about it. I just didn't have the time to watch it, but I need to. Well, now you need to because Quentin put you on it. Matt, we're gonna re- we're gonna make you report back next week on your first ten minutes of Brockmire and what you thought of it. All right. I also recommend uh, on NBC uh, Superstore. Superstore is pretty cool. It's hilarious. The Bachelorette? You do look... I said Superstore. Superstore. The Bruins Champions. on ABC, dumbass. That's already? Wow, that was quick. That's a... What was the word? A boondoggle or something? Boondoggle. Yeah, that's a real boondoggle, huh? I think you're misusing the word, but I don't know how... Alright guys, go follow us on Twitter, O Section 312, Facebook, Section 312 Official, Instagram, Official Section 312. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, we're on the MWSNSports.com website. We are an affiliate of the Midwest Sports Network. Go check them out. Uh, go subscribe to the YouTube channel, Section 312. And we look forward to you guys sitting in Section 312 next week. Bye, guys. Tweet out your questions, man. You don't have to email us. Just tweet out your questions. You might be featured on the show. Yeah. It would not be a boondoggle if you tweet at man. Yeah, definitely not a boondoggle. Any St. Louis Blues hate or anything you want to do towards Matt, go go ahead. Tweet Section 312, any of your questions, and they will be answered on the show. Thanks, guys. Bruins and four. Oh, my God.